Next on BYU Sports Nation, great expectations. Have they changed for Cougar Hoops after Vegas for the dance? Speaking of the NCAA tournament, is the coronavirus going to change the way we consume the tournament, and is it going to affect BYU? Plus, Mark Pope, Gilly Childs, and Gabby Garcia-Fernandez garner praise, and Jonathan Tavernari is in studio as BYUSN starts now. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, March 11th which happens to be the nine-year anniversary of Jim Fredette scoring 52 against New Mexico. Ah, yes. Passing Danny Ainge, scoring his 50th point on that, finally shooting one free throw in that game. What a great day. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton isn't here, so I'm teamed up with BYU quarterback slash bachelorette analyst Jason Shepard. Yeah, there is a report out today that says that former BYU quarterback Brett Ingeman Maybe on the uh, the next ep- the next season of The Bachelorette. Well, well, well. Yes, a Hollywood gossip. Interesting. You, lo- you love you some TMZ. Uh, I do love me some TMZ. I I, I will I can say this. Um, I'm not saying this because I don't watch trash reality TV because I watch <laughs> a lot of it. But I've never watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I've ne- I've not watched one I, second of either show. I'm not super familiar with it either. Although apparently Barb made the rounds last night. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I see stuff trending, but I don't know what. Our student camera officer, like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Look, here's the here's the cool thing. I see Brett at the gym every once in a while. So Brett I'm Ingeman. like, so yeah. I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, not that like we've ever talked. Uh, I, well, he probably watches every day. He may, right? but I'm not I'm saying like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I've, that's never taken place. So I can't you, say like the word friends. You mean, you mean hi, I'm so-and-so with no hands now? <laughs> no. We don't shake hands. With people we don't now. shake hands it's, now. It's yes. Starting, yes. Yeah. But uh, it would be cool to say, Hey, I, I, I know that guy. I mean, I covered him obviously when he played right. here at BYU, but in terms of seeing him on TV and the bachelorette and who knows, maybe wins, who knows? Who knows That'd be man. pretty cool. That would be cool. Let's be honest. If there's a reason for me to ever tune in, this would probably be it. Well, yeah. You know, the former BYU quarterback, you know, the big man on campus. Bachelorette, let's go, man. Let's hey, go. he was involved in one of the uh, the best comebacks in BYU football history. Yes, at, he was. At Utah, Utah State. Do you, 27-3 to 3, halftime score. I was in the Utah State student section as a BYU fan with my friends who went to Utah State. I was on the field. At, Why you got to taunt me? I, I was also, by the way, were you at the Sweet 16 in <laughs> oh, New Orleans? Oh, I forgot I was in the locker room. <laughs> I was oh, on I the, forgot I played in that game. I, I was going to say, I was the one that snapped the ball. I actually caught a touchdown pass to win. That's weird. It's not a one-up. I, I, I didn't mean it to be that way. I actually way. didn't tackle Kevin Curtis, who scored like four <laughs> touchdowns in that game. Kevin Curtis was awesome. Uh, the WCC refs have uh, tweeted into the show. Ben, what oh, have no. they said? Uh, they say, we always tune in for our friend at Jerem Jordan. So, WCC refs watching You today. guys tight now? No. Heck no. No. Well, they, they're shouting they you out on, on the social media. WCC refs. Hey, call a couple reaches on, uh, in on Yoli Child's Monday night. Come on. <laughs> uh, here's what's on the show rundown. Petty and vindictive, as always. Jonathan Tavernari in studio, plus our resume update. Utah, can you root for them at all? That's you a pretty know- easy answer. Would you change affiliations for $15 million? Maybe we'll discuss that later this week. Someone threw that out on Twitter. That was awesome. Sweet 16 or eight football wins. We'll play a little toss-up. I'm excited about that topic. I'm I'm looking forward to that It's juicy, man. But first, today's headlines. 
Fury linebacker Chaz Ayu will not be prosecuted on DUI charges, reckless driving, and three other traffic-related infractions. Ayu was booked into the Utah County Jail on February 9th after a traffic stop. Utah County Attorney David Levitt said, in this case, there's a lack of admissible evidence. We don't know how this could affect Ayu's status on the team this fall. We know he's currently not practicing in spring ball due to off-season surgery. And we uh, saw, for, saw from the Salt Lake Tribune there's actually going to be a press conference today regarding the situation. Interesting. Yoli Childs and head coach Mark Pope both received USBWA All-District Awards yesterday. Pope was awarded Coach of the Year, and then Childs was nominated for the third straight year. Yoli is the first BYU player with three nominations since Tyler Haas and one Jimmer Fredette. Speaking of, uh, yeah, Jimmer, the nine-year anniversary of that game, awesome. Mm-hmm. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez is the ABCA National Player of the Week after 34 kills and 1,000 aces, uh, it felt like, in eight sets at Hawaii. He had 11, including setting the single-season record on the 11th. The top-ranked Cougars play at number 14 Stanford Friday at 9 Eastern time, and due to the coronavirus, uh, Stanford is going to limit the audience to one-third of capacity. So if you want to go to that game, go get your ticket now. Jordan Matthews is named MRGC Vault Specialist of the Week. Matthews broke her previous record of 9.850 with a 9.990 against Utah State and is the fifth BYU gymnast to earn MRGC recognition this year. BYU takes on Southern Utah, the Flippin' Birds. There we go. Tee up right there. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended I feel like on T-Birds. Goes- yeah. For teeing you up. Yeah, I that just uh, happened. I feel like Gabby Garcia Fernandez on a good set. That's what that felt Just like. TV Bang. and radio magic right there. Was it? They face Southern Utah on Saturday in the Smithfield House, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. After a disappointing semifinal exit to uh, St. Mary's on Monday, the Cougars await their fate in the NCAA tournament Saturday, or Sunday, rather, afternoon. They're in, but where? There was so much excitement surrounding the Cougars after a nine-game win streak, defeating number 2 Gonzaga. What a glorious night uh, in the Marriott Center on senior night. So, Jason, do you still expect BYU to win at least one NCAA tournament game? Yes, absolutely. Losing to St. Mary's on Monday, absolutely a disappointment. There's everybody that's, you know, the players have talked about it. It's not what they anticipated happening. Right. So it was disappointing in that. But it doesn't change what's still possible for this team moving forward. This team has been too good, in my opinion, to not win at least one game in the tournament. Yes, seeding won't be as high as it was before. And that, that's what that was all about. You were already a lock to go to the NCAA tournament before the game was even played for BYU. You were all, it was all about seeding and trying to put yourself in the best position seed-wise. Now, that may take a little bit of a hit, but I don't think it's going to be anything significant because you lost to another team that's going to the NCAA tournament. So in terms of that, regardless of where BYU is seeded, they're still going to be favored to win that game. They're still going to be the higher seed. So what you hope for is that the loss maybe can be one of those situations where it allows BYU to reset and, and maybe use it as motivation. I mean, maybe it's putting the blue goggles on, but when you, when you lose a game like that, that's what you kind of have to look for is making it kind of a new start and, and using it as motivation. So if this, if this team were younger, if they didn't have as many – veteran players on it, maybe it's something to be concerned about. But when you look at all of the seniors on this roster, guys that have been around, and then you look on top of all of that, everything that this team has gone through this year, 
they've been through adversity this year and bounced back every time. I, I don't see any reason why that won't be the, the same situation here. So I absolutely still consider them to win at least one, if not more. It hasn't really changed that much. I still believe this is a potential uh, Sweet 16 squad now. The way they shoot the ball, the way that Yoli Childs plays, yes, we all kind of feel weird about what happened Monday. Let, let's zoom out a sec. It's, it, how did BYU lose? By one point to a top 32 team on a neutral court. BYU's not going to play a top 32 team in round one. They're not going to play a team as good as St. Mary's in the first round. And guess what? Whoever BYU plays, Yale or whatever, they don't know BYU like St. Mary's does. St. Mary's knows BYU incredibly well, as do the Cougars with the Gales. That, this has always been a tough matchup for BYU. When has St. Mary's not been an interesting, compelling, challenging matchup for BYU? I dare say the whole nine years with the Gales, right? Margins of 3-2-1 in the three games. These, this was as tight a matchup as BYU could have played this year. It was pretty wild. I am, like you, fully confident that BYU is going to win that first-round game. And then maybe even the second-round game, depending on where and who BYU matches up with. I expect BYU to be a 5 or a 6. Um, so you'd, you'd match up with a 11 or a 12. Oh, no, the 5 12. <laughs> In the second round, a 4-13 uh, or a 3 uh, Fourteen, right? So those are those are potential matchups that BYU could win. Oh, by the way, BYU has a win over the number one team in net and the number two team in the A people. BYU can beat anybody if they can beat Gonzaga on that night. Granted, that was special. The buildup, the hype, the excitement, uh, the payoff was amazing. But this team, when they make threes and they get the ball inside, did St. Mary's give a roadmap to maybe how to contend with BYU a little bit? Yes, but BYU can impose their tempo uh, on teams unlike they did against St. Mary's. I think perhaps if BYU makes a sweet 16, we may go, you know what? Maybe BYU learned something against St. Mary's yeah. that helped them avoid that in the NCAA tournament because the Gales played a uh, lesser tempo possession game. They gave Yoli Childs problems. Uh, they were very physical a couple, like a, two seconds after the catch with Childs. BYU didn't knock down a ton of shots in the second half, just six. I'm, I'm disappointed like everyone else, but I'm fully confident BYU is going to go win at least one. When you take out the emotional side of it, anybody that has an emotional tie, whether it's fans, whatever, uh, that, that side, when you add the emotion side to it, AKA it, the humanizing characteristic. It, well, but it's it's it changes the dynamic on how you view things, certainly. But look, look taking that out of the equation and just looking at, at the national media, those that are just following BYU from afar, that don't have that emotional tie or aren't close, it hasn't affected anybody's opinion on what is still possible for BYU. They still expect BYU to be one of those teams that can get to the Sweet 16 and make some noise and be a factor in the NCAA tournament. This is not something that anybody else is worried about. Certainly it's disappointing. Everybody's admitted that. But, but it doesn't take anything off the table for BYU in terms of the NCAA tournament. And like Spencer said, you know what? In the end, BYU had the last laugh against Gonzaga. <laughs> Zags won the tournament, no doubt. They're the kings of the league, yep. no doubt. Uh, but, yeah, to, to not have a third matchup, that would have been fun. Absolutely. That been fun. Now on to topic number two. Obviously, the coronavirus is a topic that, while not necessarily a sports story, has certainly made an impact 
on the sports world. We've already seen leagues canceling tournaments. Uh, Professional leagues have limited access to locker rooms. It's being reported today that the NBA is going to have a conference call later this afternoon to discuss the possibility of maybe even moving home games for areas that maybe are affected more than others to other areas where it's not, uh, you know, the the virus hasn't... uh, broken out as mm-hmm. much. So, I mean, it's it's certainly made its way into the sports world. The Ohio governor, Mike DeWine, is pushing for spectatorless sporting events for all indoor venues in Ohio. It's certainly making an impact right now in sports. Jerem, would you be surprised if the NCAA makes changes to the NCAA tournament due to the coronavirus? I wouldn't. There's a lot of social pressure at this point uh, from a lot of organizations who are making change. In fact, during the show, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the church has come out and said they're not going to hold state conferences, they're not going to have leadership conferences, and those that are headed to the Preston, England mission will be trained via video and not actually go there for the time being. So the church is making that move, right? Um, there's lots of organizations making the move. The Ivy League canceled their tournament. All of this is mostly preventative. In some areas, it has broken out. Like Chicago State didn't want to go play in Seattle because Seattle has had um, you know, several deaths at this point there. Uh, and, it's, and, and it is spreading. Italy is canceling soccer games. This is, this is all very cautious and preventative. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, it's hard to argue against caution, right? Um, yet the NCA makes between $160, $180 million in ticket sales in the NCAA tournament. So that is a, that is a safety versus like cash cow cost, yeah. right, um, for them. I won't be surprised if it's limited seating, meaning there's just less people. And there are articles about flattening the curve of coronavirus by social distancing, a.k.a. not going out into big groups, right? I I can see both sides of the argument on this. I do think it is going to impact the NCAA tournament. They They have a decision to make, and an important one, that has to be made before they release the bracket, in my opinion. Once they release the bracket... Guess what? People want to buy their tickets and plane tickets and go get out to these games that start Tuesday and Wednesday in Dayton and then Thursday and Friday across the country. This is this is something that we haven't seen in professional sports perhaps ever, this kind of impact. And I won't be shocked if the NCAA tournament says, you know what, we're going to have no crowd or a small crowd for these games. Uh, I would be surprised. And the reason for that is something that you brought up, and that's the financial aspect of it. And you, you hate to bring up money in a situation like this. And maybe I'm just jaded to the fact that usually at the end of the day, money is going to trump everything else. I would be surprised if the NCAA gave up that amount of money because it is so lucrative that I, I, would, I would be surprised. Now, ultimately, the social pressure may be so great I that, think they just, there. that they just yeah. have to, you know, bite the bullet on this one and do it. I, I, but I would be surprised if the NCAA makes significant changes to, to the NCAA tournament in March Madness. That, that would surprise me because there is so much financial gain to be made out there. And we have a bit of break news relative to the audience that we have here, uh, right, um, given that it's a, a BYU crowd. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has added, in addition to what I mentioned uh, earlier about uh, state conferences and leadership meetings, that general conference will feature no one in the, sta- uh, in, in the conference center, no stake centers. It's all going to be virtual and digital so that no one is in a 
gathering place where potentially you could interact with someone that gets coronavirus. So that is, uh, you know, President Russell M. Nelson said the general conference in April will be unlike any other. I don't think this is what he meant per se, but... Or did he? Or did he, right? Mm-hmm. But this will be the, the most unique general conference we've seen in our lifetime in terms of nobody is there with them. Yeah. So, so we're seeing it from the, uh, the organization that runs this institution, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I, I feel like by the time we get to Sunday, and it, I, and it feels like right now this is happening, that we're not going to be in a lot of places with a lot of people. Starting now, starting yesterday, this, this, is, this is happening on a scale we have never seen before. You're, you're right. In, in my lifetime, and I'm in my early 20s, I have never seen... <laughs> really? <laughs> That's the most shocking thing I've heard on the show today. I, I've never seen anything like this. There have been things, bird flu. I mean, we've, we've had these types of things come up occasionally, but nothing that's ever yeah. gotten to this point where you're starting to see these large entities making decisions like this out of precaution. We've just never seen it. Right, and, it, and it's, it's one thing for the Ivy League to cancel its tournament right. and Chicago State not to go to Seattle. It's another thing for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints not to host anyone for general conference yeah, I've never in seen person. It. This, yep. this, is, uh, this is on a scale we've never seen before. Our question of the day, related back to sports. Uh, do you still expect BYU to win one or more NCAA tournament games? Why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Jesse Cottom from Twitter. You can weigh in on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yes, because they will come back from this loss with renewed vigor and score like crazy. They have shown how good they are all, all season and have been working for this tourney all season. BYU is going to play two games in 19 days, Jason. That's a little bit of a concern for me in terms of just the momentum that BYU had. They've lost and now they just sit in that. And it's hard to recreate that next door in the annex, right? And be excited and animated and prepared at the highest level until you get that game. Let's hope it's a good matchup for BYU, and we're going to find out Sunday. Okay, uh, what's coming up on the show? Coming up, uh, I don't even want to read this. You don't have to. If you don't want. I'm just going to read the tease as it was written for <laughs> me. For me. Are we Ute fans for the next couple of days? I will answer that with an emphatic no, we are not. Sounds like you just did. Yep. And Jonathan Tavernari on his NCAA tournament expectations and, and uh, the unprecedented coronavirus affecting sports. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch tomorrow night as BYU Baseball opens up their home conference schedule with a three-game series against LMU. Coverage begins at 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app and locally on BYU Radio 107.9 FM. This is BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Shows on demand via the podcast and BYUSN.com. In case you missed it, uh, General Conference for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will be held virtually. Uh, everyone's going to be tuning in via TV or uh, digitally. So uh, there you go. Some big changes. How it affects the NCAA tournament that's coming up in the next couple of days. The NCAA put out a statement saying we're looking into it. Uh, some teams and leagues have uh, you know, canceled their games or limited crowds. BYU at Stanford is one of those, uh, limiting the crowd to 2,195, which is a third of the capacity. So this is very interesting to see how this is affecting people. And, and – uh, in terms of you know crowds, I've read multiple articles. Social distancing, limiting the opportunity, right? 
Um, everyone stay at home. We're not at that point yeah. where it's like crazy. Well, and, and I'll echo something that you said. But it's very precautious. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, when you mentioned the NCAA tournament and, and the fact that the decision, whatever's going to happen, the decision has to be before the bracket comes out. You can't go through with Selection Sunday, have the brackets come out, and then make some sort of decision or statement as to what's going to happen. That, all of those, fa- those need to be factored in prior to. I would think before they release the bracket, right? Once the bracket's out, then it's, hey, are we going or not? That decision will have had to yes. have been made already. Absolutely. So I think they have three days to figure it out. You know, maybe four, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think by the end of Saturday night, the NCAA probably needs to have announced what they've done, and then Sunday it's the bracket. So the, the tournament selection committee, they're figuring out the bracket. Maybe it's a different group figuring out what they're going to do with this. I would hope so. Right? Um, <laughs> but the committee is busy looking at the numbers that we're about to give you in the tournament resume update. Bureau stays nine in the net. They have just hung on to nine uh, for the last, uh, what feels like the last... Well, since beating Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, Ken Palm stays the same at 13. BPI, 15. Sagra, 19. Those all stay the same. Strength of record goes up one. Saint Ma- perhaps St. Mary's playing Gonzaga again uh, at 27. And then KPI is down five to 32. We do not understand what goes into KPI. And I'm not going to even try. <laughs> Bracket matrix in all 145 brackets. That's the most brackets we've seen. All the bracketeers coming out of the woodworks. 5.3 average seed, which I think is spot on. About a 5, maybe a 6, right? High seed 3, low seed 7. What do you think of where BYU sits, Jason? Well, I, I think it's exactly where we expected BYU to be. And, and it just reinforces what we were talking about in the A block, that while the loss to St. Mary's is disappointing, it's not anything that kicked BYU out of a significant seed. If anything, they just held the ground, Absolutely, right? Absolutely. And so I, I think that that should give people even more confidence that this team can still go out and do great things. That's why I still expect them. Nothing's changed in terms of my expectations for what BYU basketball can do in the NCAA tournament. And these numbers justify that. Uh, the Rootables, the recap, Gonzaga beats St. Mary's uh, 84-66, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Gonzaga has won the WCC tournament 15 out of the last 20 years and also 8 out of the last 10, and that should surprise absolutely nobody. To be honest with you, I'm surprised it's not more than that. St. Mary's has won 4, and San Diego won 1 in 08. And it wasn't in Vegas. It was on San Diego's home court, and they won a first-round game against UConn. When Gonzaga doesn't win the tournament, I'm always surprised. (laughs) Seriously. Last year was one of them. You just expect it to happen. And then today's game, only rootable in action, uh, Utah playing Oregon State. So you can go for Peyton Dastrip, or you can go for that school up north. That's an easy easy decision. (laughs) All right, let's bring in our uh, first guest of the day, Jonathan Taverner, now joins us in studio. JT, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How was Vegas? It was great. Yeah, a lot, lot of work, but it was fun. We did uh, 12 games and five shows. and Awesome. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. That's you, great. You went to Bishop Gorman, so uh, you have that Big Vegas time. connection. Right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, Love awesome. it. Every time I got a chance, I go back there. In the summertime, I you know I usually take uh, one of my Tavernari Elite groups there, so I love Vegas. So that's awesome. Yeah, BYU was in Vegas, I would be in heaven. But that's kind of a, <laughs> it's kind of a you know a clash of uh, of culture, clash, yeah. clash of culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a clash of not only cultures but of a lot of things. But it's yeah. yeah. Okay, lots yeah. to discuss with BYU. But what feels like is uh, the most pressing topic right now is kind of coronavirus, right? And how it's affecting uh, sports now. It is a sports story. Uh, in its impact as well now. And so now we're talking about it. 
Did, have you ever encountered a situation like this where you played in an empty gym or anything like that, which we might see next week in the NCAA tournament? Um, yes, but not due to a virus. Due to fights and suspension and clubs and fines and that type of stuff, it, it's not uncommon to see in Europe, you know, in, in that type of situation. Um, but it, it's a real thing. It, you know, it, it baffles me that a lot of people that I follow on my timeline here in America – you're getting this thing about, oh, it's not a big deal. The virus, the flu kills more and this and that. Um, in Italy, where I've been lived for the last 10 years, this is a nightmare. Um, about four people, actually, in the entire first division have been diagnosed with coronavirus. They are now thinking about canceling the entire season. And, and at all levels, early games are being played in empty gyms, in remote locations. And so it's... It's a it, it's a serious thing and something that people need to take take it really seriously and you know it's it's gonna affect a lot of people and again you know just in Spokane the, the reason that they changed about no more than 250 people now can be together in Washington I don't know if you see that but yeah the, Seattle's the, yeah, been affected greatly, yeah right? Seattle yeah. Seattle has been affected and which is one of the places that BYU might play and if you really think about it 250 people that's both teams the media and the staff and that's about it. Right, and so, so we'll see if families, if oh, the NCAA, not limits, even will no, families yeah. even be let in? And, and to, will media be able to? And go to be at fair, all? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, it, I, I feel like God has a hand on everything, right? But you know, if my family was right now in Italy, if we were there, I don't know how I would be handling this with my wife and my son, because I don't know how they would. Hey, you know, I, I got to go to practice, but you're not going to go to games. I mean, it's it's something that you really need to think. I mean, I it's it, you know. I, for the 10 years that I was there, nothing like this happened. And, you know, I, I feel like as soon as I leave, you know, th- just, things just collapse. <laughs> that, we haven't seen anything right? like this yeah. in our lifetime. In our lifetime, it, right? It, yeah, we, right? we haven't seen anything like this. And we, and we were discussing this. The NCAA, like a lot of other leagues, right now still evaluating everything, right. have not made any official decisions. But we certainly expect something to come out in the next couple of days. Jeremy and I talked about this and gave our opinions. Would you be surprised if the NCAA comes out with some significant changes for the tournament? I don't think so. I mean, if you're looking at the NBA, and the NBA is considering shutting everything down, um, it wouldn't surprise me if the NCAA just say, hey, we're going to have games played, you know, but without fans. Or I'm going to go as far to say as, you know, we're going to cancel things. You know, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, you know, our own church, you know, the LDS church has just came out of, uh, with a lease saying that there will be you no know, attending conference. It will be technology only. I mean, it's... It, it, we've, I, you, I mean, again, you've never seen this in our lifetime. When I was little, we experienced a little bit in Brazil with, you know, the dictator years. But um, it, this is unprecedented and something that it's, you know, again, it's all over the news and, uh, you know, almost trumps everything out that we're going, that we're, we're talking about. So, again, uh, the NCAA has not made a uh, decision regarding uh, the coronavirus and the impact on crowds per se. We will find out. And, and they got to do it before the bracket's released. Oh, right? I think it like, will be. Like, it has to well, be before that. Selection Sunday, it, it's coming up. I mean, today is Wednesday, just a couple of days. And so it's, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. So it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Okay, let's talk about the Cougars' resume. Still really good. Ba- basically, they didn't really fall just in KPI, which has been not high on the Cougars all season. But you just kind of just held the ground after a one-point neutral loss to St. Mary's. We're all disappointed in it, but in terms of what it really meant to the resume, it hasn't affected BYU negatively. How do you see it? I agree with you. I don't think that the loss to St. Mary's per se was a bad loss. You know, they are a tournament team by all metrics. I personally think that, you know, and kind of going off what Joe Lenardi even said that, I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, 
they were kind of over there, 98% in uh, St. Mary's. But I feel like the win over BYU solidified them as a tournament team. That means the WCC is going to have three teams there. So, you know, again. The most, women got in two, by the way. Yeah, you know well. what I mean? Yeah. And so it's, I, I feel like it's something that um, it, it helped. I won't say helped BYU, but it wasn't a bad loss. Um, it, the, the way the game went just left you with a taste in your mouth that it could have been more. Um, but again, I, you know, BYU by all metrics and all things is a lock to the NCAA tournament, uh, which brings me to my question to you guys: Should I shave my head completely, or oh, should I still doing this, or should I should I dye blonde? What should I do? Should I go Travis what, Hansen? What do you want? Well, Trav looks good. He's a good looking dude. <laughs> oh boy! What do you want to do? Yeah, I you know, I, my wife got my wife did say it correctly. She got fifty one percent of the vote, but yeah. it's but see, you've had uh, you've, yeah. you've had your head shaved before. It's not like and it's kind of buzz right now. Yes, it's like buzz we've now. seen that before. Yes, so, so I, I don't, I don't. It's it's a look you've already had. You've, you've go been go blonde. I'm thinking if that's between the two, if it's going to be one of the two, I would say that. All right. All Listen, right. Trav Trav had a unique deal going. He was Elder Eight Mile. At the time, oh, big time! It was. He still kind of is. Awesome. I mean, he's still kind of. He's kind. He's kind of cooled down. You know, he used to be a little more oh, feisty. Oh, uh, I yes. back in the day. Oh, I know. He's like pretty chill right now. Oh yeah. You know, I yes. <laughs> I I yeah. I hey, Trav is my guy. So uh, we yeah. all love Trev. He's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, but you know, I are you shaving your head? Are you still no, in? No, uh, no? no. Are you shaving your head if they go to the Sweet Sixteen? Uh, he's had braces for two years. He's paid his news uh, <laughs> here. Oh, oh wow! I totally forgot about that. That's how. That's how we were looking at a video that over there. Oh yeah, Jason. Had I braces. did have braces on the air for two years. Yeah. Wow, I totally. And forgot. you lost a bet. That's what's crazy. You didn't even need them. <laughs> I just did it because I lost a bet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, at this point. Uh, I'm like uh, the NCAA. I'm still evaluating. Oh. I've not made any decisions L- yet. Are you, cor- are you a corrupt organization? No, gonna I'm, have, I am okay. not. I am not. Going to suspend Yoli nine? No, <laughs> I, I've, I'm non-committal on uh, shaving my uh, uh, my head. Let's hope the NCAA's decision making is better than the one with Yoli <laughs> regarding yeah. the situation. Okay, so here I, I want to ask you this though, because this is our question of the day: Do you still expect BYU to win at least one game in the NCAA tournament? One game, yes. And and here's the thing. Um, the la- everybody people talked about, and I had a huge argument. I try, that's why I tried to call you yesterday. People, I was having a huge argument with people on Twitter. They're like, "Well, there's so many reasons why they lost." An argument on Twitter? I, what? I, I, me, right? That's and right. So, you did Facetime me. We were on the road. Yeah, so, I know, yeah. I know. Ben texted me, but um, it, it, the thing, <laughs> the thing is, is that there are a lot of reasons why BYU lost, right? But for me, the main two were the fact that they didn't play for nine days, and the fact that they let. St. Mary's dictated pace. I mean, it was a super sluggish game. It was yes. not a pretty basketball game. It you know? was perfectly it, played for St. Mary's. Perfect. And the fact that when BYU played at their rhythm, they were up 11, right? It, and that's what, that's what happened. And so, But for me, the key is, will this coaching staff and these players have learned a lesson from having nine days in between the highest of the highs to play the very next game and now the lowest of the lows to play the next game? Because in between the win against Gonzaga and the very first game against St. Mary's on Monday, there were about eight, nine days that went by. Yes. Nine. And, and now between Monday. Two and 19 days. And then the net between Monday and next Thursday, there will be another eight, nine days. Mm-hmm. And so it will be the key. Have they learned their lesson? You know, in Europe, um, a lot of times during the season, doing these breaks, we would play a friendly game, just an exhibition, just a scrimmage against a different team, a lower division team, a higher division team, just something like that, for us to be able to have that kind of momentum, for us not to lose. You know, because there's a difference between you just kind of beating up on your teammate and then you have to go and play a game and you kind of ganging up on somebody to kind of get your, your juices going. And so I think it will be a factor. And it, I do feel like 
BYU will win a game because they'll get a good seed. I mean, we're look, let's be realistic. Now we're looking at about a 5 6 seed. 5 or 6. And yeah. maybe because of matchups and what happens in the, other, in, in the other conferences, maybe a 7 worst case scenario. But I think a 5, 6, and 7 in that range, BYU will get it. So they will have a really good matchup, a really good chance to win the first round game. That second round game is going to be a battle. But again, I think all will depend on how they adjust. Because this nine-day period, for me, I love Kobe Lee. I love Dalton. I think that they're— Kobe Lee will get healthy. But I, We'll see if we get Dalton. But the thing is, we don't know. We know how good these guys are and how much they've impacted the program. But their absence, to me, was a secondary factor, a, a smaller factor, compared to the nine-day break that they had. And so for me, that would be the key this week and going to the next few days in about a week or so before they, you know, they play the next very game in the NCAA tournament. Okay, let's finish with this. Are you more concerned about the numerical seed and what comes with that or the, or the matchup, the team that BYU plays? I think the matchup. And, and the reason why I say that is because my four years at BYU, we were the ninth seed, the eighth seed, and the seventh seed a couple of times, right? Um, and we felt like those games were evenly matched. Right. And so a lot of people forget that, oh, the eight and nine seed, it's such a good quality matchup. No, I mean, at this point in time, guys, at the end of the season in March, everybody's in rhythm. Everybody's a good team. They are scouting reports for about dozens of games. And so you have everything figured out. And so I think that, like you said, the matchup, who they play against is way more important. What was seed that they, they get? And the, uh, the matchup is dictated by the seed a little bit, which is fun as well. So we'll see what seed BYU gets. We'll see who they play. We're going to know Sunday, baby. We're going to know Sunday. If you go blonde yeah. on, on, uh, on top, how about we go blonde on the beard too? You go both. I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> now I, we're talking. I, 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 hold on. I, <laughs> Once you get a little nervous, <laughs> that's on. the line. I, got, I, got, I, got ch- I, I don't know if I can do all of that. Hold on. I take one thing you at a time. You can't be comfortable with it. That's what I've learned. <laughs> oh, <me>. really? <laughs> if you're uncomfortable, now yeah. there are stakes. A blonde beard. That, would, that may be or a good just, look. That was a guy. I don't remember his name. That He used to play for the Milwaukee Bucks. I'll find his name and I'll tweet at you later. He used to play. Then he went to play in Italy doing the lockout mm. and as a Brian something and he had uh, a brother had a fade or whatever and he had a blonde stash he had a beard <laughs> like me but then he had a longer stash that was completely <laughs> blonde and I'm like it it, it takes style it, it takes style it's and aggressive. courage yeah it, I don't know anyway but <laughs> Just yeah. something to think about. Yeah. Just something to think about. Yeah. Okay, well, good stuff. Sorry, I'll try and answer your FaceTime next time. <laughs> I just had what? three other people in the car. I wanted, didn't want to be rude. E- you know, there's priorities. You know, there is everybody else, and then there's me at the bottom of the list. That's not true. You're near, I guarantee, the, you're near the top. I guarantee, FaceTime me right now. So I, not t- I guarantee if Bill Riley calls you, you answer before I do. So. Why would I answer from Bill Riley? I'm just, I'm just saying. You, what, you, to talk about Utah? I don't, I don't want to talk know, about Utah. But yeah, anyway. Come but, on, man. All right, hey. JT. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Coming up. I love this topic, by the way. Sweet 16 or eight football wins. Which is more likely? I hate the eight is so low. And why BYU basketball has a tremendous win and it looks even better today. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation On Demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back. I'm Jerem. He's Jason in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. What's it time for? The Whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. 
BYU linebacker Chaz Ayu will not be prosecuted on DUI charges, reckless driving, and three other traffic-related infractions. Ayu was booked into the Utah County Jail on February 9th after a traffic stop. Utah County attorney David Levitt said, quote, in this case, there is a lack of admissible evidence, end quote. Right now, we do not know how this will affect IU status on the team this fall. Men's basketball. Yoli Childs and Mark Pope both received USBWA All-District Awards. Pope was awarded Coach of the Year. Childs received his third award. Yoli Childs is the first BYU player with three nominations since Tyler Haas and Jimmer Fredo. Volleyball. Gami Garcia-Fernandez is the ABCA National Player of the Week after 34 kills and 11 aces in eight sets at Hawaii. The top-ranked Cougars play at number 14 Stanford Friday at 9 Eastern. Gymnastics. Jordan Matthews is the MRGC Vault Specialist of the Week after a new career high in the vault, 9-9 against Utah State. Cougars host Southern Utah Saturday, 9 Eastern, right here on BYU TV. Golf. I wish we could do for all of our golf segments in the whip the, the golf. No, let's do it. Can we do that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Golf. All right, golf. BYU men's golf team finished with a third-round score of 285 minus three yesterday at the Lampkin San Diego Classic, finishing eighth overall. Wow, that was loud. Carson Lindell led the team yesterday with a round of 67. Peter Quest for Perfection finished the tournament tied for fifth, making it his seventh top-ten finish of the season. Coming up next for the Cougars, they head to Stanford to compete in the good one on March 26th to the 28th. And Spencer Dunaway finished tied for first in the Coronado Individual Tournament. Uh, he left his team to go play in the Southern Tournament, but he did really well after shooting four under for the tournament. And uh, back to you with more golf on four. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it at more of a normal level. Why? Because I just the, felt like uh, someone swinging on the course. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. BYU Women's Golf finished in third place after scoring a tournament low of 293, five plus in the third round. Five plus, really? Five over. Thank you. I'm just, you know, just whatever. We're going to do it. Let's Okay, I'm fine. In the third round of the BYU at Entrada Classic, Alicia May Mateo was the top individual performer, tying for third place what? after going two over par for the tournament. BYU will head to Texas to compete in the Brezzy. The Brezzy on March 30th through the 31st. Soccer. Like an hour. The good one and the Brezzy. The Brezzy. What would you like to eat? The Brezzy. Former Cougar Danica Bowman Sarasio is on the Utah Royals preseason roster after a successful four-year career in Provo. Good luck to Danica. Absolutely. Swimming and diving. Today is the final day of the 2020 NCAA Zone E Diving Championships. BYU currently sits in seventh place for the men, sixth place for the women, and seventh overall. Tennis. The women's team is hosting Arizona, the fighting A.J. Stewart's at the <laughs> indoor tennis courts on campus as we speak. I miss that guy already. Could always talk uh, St. Louis Cardinals baseball with each True. other. We played pickup uh, basketball. He's just a good player. He's a good dude, too. Yeah. He's a I like, good dude. I liked AJ. BYU will play. Uh, so we're in Vegas, and we're staring at the Raiders Allegiant Stadium every— Did you yell something for me since I wasn't there? Did I? Like yell something at it? Ah. Like, you're horrible. I hate you. No. Why would? And then someone walks by, and they're like, oh. <laughs> but we, we would stare at that and go, BYU's playing in this— Venue next season. Yeah. Like, not 2020, but 2021, right? right? Against Arizona to open the year. I smell a road trip. (laughs) And it smells like corn nuts. (laughs) Interesting. Coming up. Transition out of that. Yeah, I don't know how to transition out of that. Other than to say our rise and shout outs are coming up. Ranch flavored, of course. Chili is pretty good. Ranch, none of this I'm married, ranch. I'm good. I can have all the corn nuts I want. Plus, toss-up, what's more likely, a Sweet 16 or eight football wins? This is BYU Sports Nation. Beef jerky, man. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On Saturday, BYU Gymnastics hosting Southern Utah in their final home meet of the season. Watch the Hits and Sticks live on yeah, BYU TV or the BYU TV app with coverage beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern time. We're looking at like a handstand on a, a beam. Can you do that, Jason? I cannot. Neither can I. <laughs> I respect the game, dude. Yeah. BYU uh, Gymnastics, awesome. I know my limitations, and that so is good. certainly one of them. Yes, indeed, for most of us uh, regular people. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. Let's play a little toss-up presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. You can join us in our toss-up question by going to vote.pyutv.org and cast your vote. Uh, Jason, here's our question. What's more likely, a sweet 16 run for BYU men's basketball, that is, win two games, Mm -hmm. or football winning eight games this year? Okay. The answer to this question came to me immediately. Whoa. And the reason came to you, like for revelation it, or something? No, I don't want to go that far. Inspiration? Um, maybe a still small voice. It's the basketball team. Sweet 16. The reason I go with Sweet 16 is because with the basketball team, there are more knowns at this point. We know more about this basketball team. We've just seen them go through an entire non-conference schedule and an entire conference schedule. We've seen one game in a WCC tournament. We have a good idea of what to expect from this team. With the football team, we still don't know. There's a quarterback competition. There, no, there's not. Okay, well, but you go, with, you go with what's being said and that everybody's no. going to have an opportunity. So what? right now, right now, According to the coaches. Don't get coach caught up in coach speak. I'm just saying. Don't give it 110%. There, we, you don't, what, what wide receivers are going to step up? You know, what's, the, what's the defense going to look like schematically? All of these things right A now are still, <laughs> are still unknowns. We don't have unknowns right now for the most part about this basketball team. So I think based off of their track record, I feel much more confident saying Sweet 16 for the basketball team because right now we just don't know what the football team's going to look like yet. Two greater than eight. Two greater than eight. BYU's going to have a winnable game in the first round, a game in which they'll be favored that they should win. And if they don't, we're going to be disappointed, even more than St. Mary's. Um, And it's going to end the season, and we're going to feel like it was 2001 football. If BYU loses in the first round, we're going to go, oh, ah, that could have been so much more. Uh, I believe that BYU will win that first round game. I think you do too. Yep. The second round game is the one in question, right? Can BYU beat a depending on what seed they are, a three or a four, depending on if BYU is a five. If BYU is a seven, they'd have to play a two in all likelihood or a 15 seed. just depends if you have an upset. Yeah, I, I think eight could happen for football, but my shtick of the schedule being too hard certainly applies this year, right? Six power fives, you're on the road for the first three of four, all four power fives to start. That's going to be tough. You're at Utah. They lose, like, everybody on defense, but uh, there's just not a lot of uh, hope generally speaking, given the way things have gone during a nine-game losing streak. Um, I could see both happening, but if you're asking me just to pick one, I do think that a hoop Sweet 16 run is most likely, given that BYU is the number one three-point shooting team in the country still. They're the number two in effective field goal percentage. Yoli Childs is one of the top 20 players in NCAA college basketball. And uh, if TJ Haas and Jake Toulson have a regular, normal game, BYU's a winner in that first round. And then if BYU plays up, uh, and plays well, they can win a second-round game, certainly. Maybe even a third round. Who knows? Like, this team has a win over the number one team in net and the number two team in the AP poll. That means that the Cougars are capable of something unbelievable. And we've seen it 
uh, one time. We've seen, we've seen very good and great several times this year. So, yeah, I, I go Sweet 16. I hope BYU football wins eight games. I've said that's the minimum threshold for a good season. Yeah. You can't go seven and six and go, good job, guys, unless you won four the year before. And, I'm and not that's s- what happened 2017 yes. to I'm not saying that the football team can't win eight. I'm just saying right no, now you we are. just, You're we just don't know. Of, there's there's too many variables sure, sure. that are unknown at this point to be able to give an, an accurate or, you know, a knowledgeable yes. you know, well, opinion your, on how many wins to think we could get. What's your inaccurate assessment of 2020 BYU football? Go ahead. <laughs> My inaccurate assessment? Yes. If what we just said is is what we feel is accurate. What's your inaccurate? I don't think that's what we're on the show for. (laughs) Inaccurate. BYU will win four games in football. Inaccurate. BYU will win 12 games in football, right? By the way, what's the number for BYU football where you're like, okay, if I have to guess right now, regular season, 12 games, what the record's going to be? Where do you sit? Six, seven, eight? You going to answer? I thought it was rhetorical. Right now, I I would go right around seven or eight. Why in English is you, you know... To he, she, it, and plural. Why? Why? Anyway, seven or seven or eight right now is just seven off the eight. top. With eight regular season would be like awesome. Off the top of okay. my head, right around seven, eight, and the bottom. You're always thinking about uh, football, right? Yeah, I, I'm in like the six or seven range. I would love for that to be eight. That'd be great. Um, those first couple of games are going to be fun, right? Michigan State's the home opener in week two. It's going to be awesome. New coach, uh, Minnesota, well, Arizona State. <laughs> Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, our vote currently on our question, what's more likely for BYU this year, Sweet 16 versus uh, eight wins in football? 86% on hoops. So despite, and now it's all the way down to 81. And now it's back to 83. What, what happened in Vegas certainly hasn't swayed people from going away with that. Is that more about hoops or is that more about football in your opinion? Well, um, honestly, I think it's probably a little more about football right now. Um, but I, again, again, I, I think a lot of people probably go along the same line of thinking that I do in terms of but we we know what we know what this basketball team is capable of. Well, well let's there's still ta- too many unknowns about football. Well, let's talk about football. We know what BYU's done the last three years, and we have yet to see a team that's going to get over the hump. I, and it's frustrating because BYU is a couple plays away from being much better, and a couple plays away from unluckily being worse. Yet. BYU has made a bowl game the last two years. That's good. That's not a good enough standard for this program. Down to 73% as we fight for football here. Nicely done, everybody. Um, when, when you, I'm just surprised it's like 80-plus, right? This is a domination. Back up to 85. Uh, this is domination by uh, basketball right now. I feel like with football, we've kind of seen what BYU is and who they are and what they do. There haven't been sweeping changes with the staff. There haven't been sweeping changes even in, say, personnel from last year to this year, right? Uh, is BYU going to be able to run the ball effectively? They, we feel like BYU has three good quarterbacks, Bushman and Tonga back, which is great. To me, it's less about who BYU has and just who they're facing. It's just a tough slate, right? And if BYU was facing three power fives this year, I would say BYU will win eight games. It's going to be eight or nine. But when I see six on there, I go, even though Stanford kind of struggled and Michigan State is struggling and, and uh, you know, has a new coach going this year. Missouri uh, had a self-imposed ban in the postseason. Even these teams, I go, you know, those are 50-50s in a lot of cases. It's hard for me to see BYU going 4-2 and two in those six. That would be great. If you do that, you're talking about 8, 9, maybe even 10 wins. And I want to see a 10-win season once every five years. I'm not asking for every year, 
Um, so our poll results as we wrap up here. What's more likely for BYU this year? Sweet 16 or eight wins in football? 80-plus percent. Now it's down to 76 uh, for a Sweet 16 run. So people still high on hoops. Coming up, we'll hear more from you and our voice of the nation. And our rise and shout-outs. Who gets them? Somebody got engaged on campus. Jason's all over it. BYU TMZ. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's true. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. Show always available anytime on demand via BYU TV and the BYU Radio apps. Our question of the day, do you still expect BYU to win one or more NCAA tournament games and why? Michael Voice on Instagram. All I know is my gut says... Maybe. <laughs> my gut says you're hungry. That's Pick a side. Right now. Come on. No, maybe. Yeah, Pick a you're, side. You're lukewarm. I will spew thee from my mouth. Come on. The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Brent Fredrickson on Twitter. Absolutely. Can we say that? Yes. This team has exceeded expectations time and again. BYU has not had two consecutive losses all year. Yes. Great point. Stat of the day. Number two. Scout team will be manhandling the starters in practice until they learn how to execute the awesome Cougar offense when teams are playing them physical. Perhaps this is a good blueprint to something that BYU can learn from sitting another yes, nine I or ten days I absolutely believe that. And go from there. If BYU goes to the Sweet 16, let's remember. Okay, they learned lessons from St. Mary's that maybe they would not have learned otherwise. We'll be Who doing knows? the topic if they go to the Sweet 16 – would this run have been possible without the loss to St. Mary's? Was it worth it? Yes. And we'll say, yes, it was. Absolutely. Who gets today's rise and shout-outs, Jason? Uh, I'm going to give my rise and shout-out to former BYU women's soccer standout Elise Flake. She was an unbelievable soccer player. So good. Graduated this past season. Got engaged. Uh, about, uh, I guess it was about a day and a half ago. So congratulations awesome. to Elise Flake. And uh, I believe her new last name will be Christofferson. There you go. Elise Christofferson. I, think it's, uh, I, th- I believe uh, her fiancé is now Drew Christofferson. There you go. So congratulations. If it's not, that's weird. <laughs> and uh, my rise shout-out goes to BYU for having a win over the number one net team in America. Let's go. BYU can make the Sweet 16. They have that win. Let's go. Thanks to today's guests, Jonathan Tavernari. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I know time for Jason Umjaram. Shout-out to Vuki Vanovich. Nice. See you tomorrow for more BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs!